what's up, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Biology, a weekly podcast where I aims attempt to answer obscure biology questions we will find ourselves Googling at 3am. For my last episode in my series where I try to combine cosmology and biology and find common ground between them, I'm going to be talking about astrobiology, a field of study that combines the study of the universe and also the life we see around us every day. Astrobiology, which is also sometimes called exobiology or xenobiology, is a multidisciplinary field dealing with the nature, existence, and search for extraterrestrial life, that is life beyond Earth, and other such questions. The ancient Greeks were likely the first people that argued against the idea that Earth was the only source of human existence, but they lacked the technology to prove their beliefs. Through extensive explorations, mankind has been able to discover the possible remains of bacterial life in a Martian meteorite and even find the first planets orbiting other stars. The field of astrobiology harnesses the required technological and scientific capability to seriously address fundamental questions like these, as well as give explanations for other biological phenomena occurring beyond the confines of our planet. In a single sentence, astrobiology is the study of life in the universe. The search for life beyond Earth requires an understanding of life on it, and the nature of the environments that support it, as well as planetary systems and stellar interactions and processes. To provide this understanding, astrobiology combines the knowledge and techniques from many fields, including, but not limited to, cosmology, biology, chemistry, etc. How does life originate? What kind of environment is necessary for life to survive? Is there or has there ever been life elsewhere in our solar system? These are some of the questions this study aims to resolve. While no one can say with complete certainty what sort of life might be turned up by these experiments, the usual assumption is that it will be microbial as single-celled life is adaptable to a wide range of environments and requires less energy. However, telescopic searches for extraterrestrial intelligence are also part of astrobiology's extensive research. Although no compelling evidence of extraterrestrial life has yet been found, the possibility that biota might be a common feature of the universe has been strengthened by the discovery of extrasolar planets that are planets that revolve around other stars, by the strong suspicion that several moons of Jupiter and Saturn might have vast reserves of liquid water, and by the existence of microorganisms called extremophiles that are tolerant of environmental extremes. The first development indicates that habitats for life may be numerous. The second suggests that even in the solar system, there may be other worlds on which life evolved. The third suggests that life can arise under a wide range of conditions. The principal areas of astrobiology research can be classified as a. Understanding the conditions under which life can arise, b. Looking for habitable worlds, and c. Searching for evidence of that life. For life like that on Earth that is based on complex carbon compounds that exist, a world must have liquid water. Because planets are either too close or too far from their host stars will be at temperatures that cause water either to boil or to freeze, astrobiologists define a habitable zone as a range of orbital distances within which planets can support liquid water on their surfaces. In the solar system, only Earth is inside the Sun's habitable zone. However, Photographs and other data from spacecrafts orbiting Mars indicate that water once flowed on the surface of the red planet and is still present in large quantities underground. Consequently, 
There is a sustained international effort to use robotic probes to examine Mars for evidence of past and even present life that could have recreated to subsurface liquid aquifers. All this is to say that life might not just exist on Earth, but unfortunately there is not yet enough compelling evidence for its existence elsewhere. Space missions have explored only a tiny portion of our solar system, and in the few years since we discovered planets around other stars, the number of such exoplanets known has increased into the hundreds. The search for life beyond Earth has therefore only just begun. Astrobiological research potentially has much broader consequences than simple scientific discovery, as it includes questions that have been of great interest to human beings for the past millennia, and raises issues that could affect the way the human race views and conducts itself as a species. For example, are we really alone in the universe? And if we aren't, do we have any ethical responsibilities to other life that exists out there? Just a little disclaimer, um, considering my very limited knowledge and expertise in this field, this next part will be heavily lifted from the official NASA site on astrobiology. If you'd like to read more about the missions and some other cool stuff, there's going to be a link in the description that you can go to. For this next part of the episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about some of the many past, future, and present projects that attempt to expand our knowledge about the visible universe. In the past, Projects such as Viking 1 and 2 and Kepler NK2 have been sent out into the universe to find out more about it. Viking 1 and 2 were sent out over 45 years ago. The Viking project found a place in history when it became the first US mission to land a spacecraft safely on the surface of Mars. Viking 1 and 2, each consisting of an orbiter and a lander, were NASA's first attempt to search for life on another planet, and thus the first mission dedicated to astrobiology. The mission's biology experiments revealed unexpected chemical activity in Martian soil, but provided no clear evidence for the presence of living organisms near the landing sites. Kepler and K2 were NASA's first planet-hunting mission. The Kepler Space Telescope paved the way for our search for life in the solar system and beyond it. An important part of Kepler's work was the identification of Earth-sized planets around distant stars. After nine years in deep space, Collecting data that indicate our sky to be filled with billions of hidden planets, more planets even than the stars, the space telescope retired in 2018. Kepler left a legacy of more than 2,600 exoplanet discoveries, many of which could be promising places for life. Now, let's move on to some of the current missions going on. Since it landed in 1990, the Hubble Space Telescope has made immense contributions to astrobiology. Astronomers used the Hubble telescope to make the first measurements of the atmospheric composition of extrasolar planets, and Hubble is now vigorously characterizing exoplanet atmospheres with constituents such as sodium, hydrogen, and water vapor. Hubble observations are also providing clues about how planets form, through studies of dust and debris disks around young stars. Not all of Hubble's contributions involve distant targets, however. Hubble has also been used to study bodies within the solar system including asteroids, comets, planets, and moons, such as the intriguing ocean-bearing icy moons Europa and Ganymede. Hubble has provided invaluable insight into life's potential in the solar system and beyond. The next one is the Curiosity Mars rover. First landing in 2012, the Curiosity Mars rover is studying whether Mars ever had environments capable of supporting microbial life. 
In other words, its mission is to determine whether the planet had all of the ingredients life needs, such as water, carbon, and a source of energy, by studying its climate and geology. Finally, let's hear about some missions that are going to occur in the visible future. The first of which is the Europa-Kloper mission. Jupiter's moon Europa may have the potential to harbor life. The Europa Clipper mission will conduct detailed reconnaissance of Europa and investigate whether the icy moon could harbor conditions suitable for life. It is targeting a 2024 launch, and the mission will place a spacecraft in orbit around Jupiter in order to perform a detailed investigation of Europa, a world that shows strong evidence for an ocean of liquid water beneath its icy crust. The Europa Clipper is not a life detection mission, though it will investigate whether the icy moon with its subsurface ocean has the capability to support life. The next mission is the Dragonfly mission to Titan. The Dragonfly mission will deliver a rotorcraft to visit Saturn's largest and richly organic moon, Titan. It is slated for a launch in 2027 and arrival in 2034. Dragonfly will sample and examine dozens of promising sites around Saturn's icy moon and advance our search for the building blocks of life. This revolutionary mission will explore diverse locations to look for prebiotic chemical processes common on both Titan and Earth. Titan is an analog to the very early Earth and can provide clues to how prebiotic chemistry under these conditions may have progressed. The last mission I'm going to be talking about is the Nancy Grace Roman Telescope. This mission is set to begin in the mid-2020s. The Roman Space Telescope will have a field of view that is 200 times greater than the Hubble Infrared Instrument, so it will capture more of the sky with less observing time. That's all I had for this episode. I hope I gave you a good idea on what astrobiology is, and I hope you want to learn more about it. If you have any weird biology questions of your own, you can send them in to bitesbiologypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you've made it all the way to the end, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye!